If you are considering buying a business or investing in a business, there are some specific things that you need to be doing to make sure that you don't ultimately end up losing money on the deal or for it to end up being a less than stellar investment or purchase. So we're going to talk about that today on today's episode and go through all the things that you need to know to make sure that you're making a good purchase when you buy a new business. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or for QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really foreign? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish that they could stop the financial madness. They want a clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know who to call when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS, but they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. Dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. It is super common to have clients come to me and want to know if the business that they are looking at is a good investment or a good purchase. And the details kind of vary depending on what it is that you're looking for. And it all kind of matters because you want to make sure if you're putting your money out there to invest in something that it's a good purchase. So let's talk about that and kind of dig in. I actually had a client today, last night, email me and say, hey, I thought about the conversation that we had the other day about trying to offset some real estate losses with an investment income and that kind of being a good play for putting some of his money into an investment. He's a high W-2 wage earner. He makes multiple six figures, um, anywhere between five and 700,000 on his W-2. And it's more than what his family needs to live on. And so he was looking for ways to make that money kind of work for him more. He's already been investing in real estate that he needed something more. I actually talk about offsetting passive losses with real estate in another episode of mine and using investing in a business to do that. I will um, put a link or notes to that episode so that you can go back and listen to that one because it's a really good advantage and a strategy to go in and invest in a business and create passive income to offset those losses. And really today, we can be talking about passive investment where you're just the money person, but we can also be talking about you buying a business to maybe be the operator or to be the manager to create your kind of day job, if you will. There's a a huge variety of different reasons that you would be buying a business. Um, I actually acquired another CPA firm a couple of years ago. And the reason I did it was because I was wanting to get closer to a revenue mark in my business and expand the ability to have other service offerings. I had not really had enough of some of the accounting work on a monthly basis to justify having someone to do that full time. And so I wanted to make that acquisition because it made sense for my business model and it would feed other areas as well. And so that would be the first tip is if you're looking to buy a business to add on to your existing business, simply because you can either add another layer of service, expand that service level that you're trying to give clients a service offering, or 
The other thing is, is that sometimes when you're acquiring these other businesses, you get really good talent and you can, you know, bring on employees that maybe you would not have otherwise been able to bring into your business. And so acquiring a business for talent or for, you know, a specific service offering that maybe you don't offer that much or just to expand your client base, those are all really good reasons to do so. But sometimes the, um, the, you know, the people that I'm talking to, like my client, he just wants to um, buy another business. You know, he has this desire to be an investor. So let's kind of talk through what makes a good business acquisition. Well, the first one I already mentioned, it needs to be something that if you already have a business that it makes sense that you're bolting on. You know, you don't want to acquire another business that doesn't make sense with your existing portfolio if you're kind of trying to put them all under the same umbrella. You know, if you're the kind of person that likes multiple businesses and a lot of different industries, then this may not apply to you, but you do kind of want to make sure that it all matches. Conversely, if you are working for someone else and you're wanting to buy a business so that you can get out of that corporate rat race or just the concept of working for someone else and buying a business makes sense to you, then, you know, you want to do something that you've got some experience in. You don't want to just blindly go into a business that you have no knowledge of because it's just going to set you up for frankly, failure. There are so many things that you're learning as a business owner in the beginning. Uh, you're learning how to know if your marketing is working. You're learning how to sell. You're learning how to review your financials. Just so many different things that you're doing that going into an unknown industry, it's just you're adding some stress to your plate that frankly just doesn't make a lot of sense. So you want to do something that you have some experience in. Now, if you are someone who just loves investing in businesses, you have multiple businesses, it may not matter. Because if you buy a business with a large enough revenue stream, a large enough team, then frankly, you could own the business and not even have to manage the day to day. I wanted to take a minute really quick to let you know that the Tax Savings Institute is live. It is officially out there in the world and uh, ready for you to learn all the things that I use to help my clients reduce their taxes and help them save big when it comes to not only federal, which, you know, that's savings enough, but from a state perspective too. And so I am putting this out there because really I feel like this should be something that you have access to. Unfortunately, getting the information and understanding how to reduce your taxes. It's just, there's not a lot of information out there. If you've ever gone to try to do a Google search on how to reduce your taxes and what you can do to actually keep more of your money, if you've done that, and I'm guessing you have, you haven't come up with a whole lot. And so I re am releasing the Tax Savings Institute simply because it should be easier than it is. It should be something that you should be able to reduce your taxes with relative ease. You just need to know what to do and how to do it. And so I'm putting this out there at a really reasonable price. It's honestly so cheap that I've been told that I'm crazy for offering it at this low of a price. And not only that, um, I'm also including bi-monthly Zoom calls with yours truly to where you can ask the questions that you have. If there is something that you're not sure about, maybe you've gone through some of the material and you think that something applies to you and you just don't know if it really does, or in your particular situation, you have a question that you need help with. You're going to get my help for nothing right now. It's actually free. It's going to be a part of this. Later, uh, there will be a fee associated with having that Zoom call. So jump in and get these founders options, these founders uh, incentives so that you can come in and reduce your taxes now while you still have time. 
that's actually my second tip is if you're looking for a business to kind of be more hands off, that you want to buy a business that has at least 10 employees. When you're at that 10 employee mark, frankly, between 10 and 20 is uh, kind of the sweet spot there. You want to get over that, that hurdle, that hump, because at that 10 or 20 employee mark is when you have a manager. Typically you have someone that is more of that general manager, the operations person, they're handling the day to day, because otherwise when you're below that threshold of those 10 or 20 employees, that's you, you're managing the day to day. So if you don't want to do that and you're not looking for another job, you're really looking for something that's creating money that you're not having to be in the weeds on. You definitely want to have a good employee base, you know, like my client, he's looking at lawn care businesses. So, you know, the recommendation is, is to, to buy a, a lawn care business that has at least 10 employees and a manager, you know, hopefully a manager that's already on staff that already knows the route, already knows the employees, all the things. But the good news is, is when you're over that 10 employee threshold, you also are likely making enough money. There's enough revenue. There's enough cash to seller that you are able to hire a manager. So that's the next tip is that you want to make sure that when you're looking at businesses, that they are profitable enough to pay you as well as any staff that you need to bring on. So if you're the type of person that really just wants to be more hands off, maybe you want to be there on the daily, but you want to have freedom. So you want to have that flexibility to go on vacation or do whatever you want to do. You're going to need a manager to manage things while you're gone. If it was an owner operator business prior to you buying it, then you need to make sure that there was enough cash to sell or to pay that manager to take care of things in your stead. And that's really kind of an area that I see a lot of small business owners get tripped up in. You know, they're used to when they get into entrepreneurship, they're used to working for someone else. So they're used to that day to day and, you know, kind of grinding it out and being the one that has to do things. And then they start a business and it ends up, instead of it really being, um, you know, small business owner really on the path to entrepreneurship, they end up being kind of an owner operator and they create a job for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if that is what you want, then more power to you. I think that's fantastic. But if that's not what you're looking for, you need to be really careful because if you're buying a business and you're hoping that it is going to create income for you, that you're not having to generate day after day, month after month, year after year, that someone else is doing that for you, those systems need to be in place before you buy the business. Otherwise, you're just really setting yourself up for failure. It's going to be a problem. And ultimately, it's going to be a disappointment. And so make sure that enough cash to seller is, uh, is in the financials to come to you. And I should also say really quick, I mentioned cash to seller. You may not know what that means. So let me explain that really quick. When you are looking to buy a business, you end up having to sign a non-disclosure with the broker or whoever has it for sale, typically a broker is the one that is uh, kind of representing the seller. And then once you do so, they'll send you a financial package. They're going to give you, uh, you know, a detail of the business with a variety of different questions that the seller has answered that you need to know about, as well as they're going to give you financials for typically the last three years or so. And in those financials, they will have a bottom line number. So typically when you're looking at a profit and loss, the very bottom number is the net income um, of the business. It is the profit of the business for that time frame, whether it's the month or the year. When you get this from the broker, it is going to have a cash to seller number at the bottom. So you'll have the net income and then there's addbacks. So you're adding back the seller's salary. 
the payroll taxes associated with his salary, any benefits that he's getting, anything that he's put through the profit and loss that really you're not going to have moving forward. You know, it's not uncommon, you know, you're listening to my podcast and most likely you want to be more savvy or you are more savvy when it comes to reducing your taxes. So it's not uncommon that a business owner has different things. Maybe it's meals that are on there that the seller wouldn't have or various training. It could be a number of different things, but all of those things that would not be a continuation of expenses are then added back from the bottom line into net income to show what the new seller is going to get from a profitability standpoint on the acquisition of this business. And so that's really the ticket. Now, the last thing is, is that you want to make sure if you're having to finance this business, you want to make sure that there's enough cash flow coming to you to pay that note. So you're going to have to run the numbers to figure out what is your note going to be with the SBA or with whatever lender you're wanting to use. And if you're getting a quarter million dollars of cash to you in the business and you're expecting that that's the money coming to you that you're going to live on, but you haven't taken into account the loan, that's a problem. You need to make sure that you are also taking into consideration the fact that that money is going out for the note. And the only part that's actually hitting your profit and loss on that is the interest the principal goes on the balance sheet. And so you're really only getting a tax deduction for the interest. So, you know, that can also trip you up where you want to make sure that you are doing the calculation, you're writing the numbers, you've already talked to someone that tells you, you know, hey, your interest rate's going to be X amount, you know, about what the loan's going to be, and you can figure out what your payment is. And so whatever that quarter million is or so that the cash to seller is, let's say it's going to be $100,000 a year that is out of your pocket on the loan, then your net cash is going to be 150,000. You need to make sure that that is enough for you. If that is not enough for you, this is not a good purchase. You have to go back to the drawing board and find another business. If it is enough for you and all the other things make sense, and this looks like a good viable business, you've checked everything out, you've done your due diligence, then welcome aboard. You now have a new business investment and the fun begins at this point. <laughs> but these are just a handful of the things that are important. You need to be thinking about these things seriously and making sure that you're doing due diligence. You're looking at the numbers. You have someone on your side that knows what to look for to ask the hard questions because otherwise you really can find yourself in a snare and a trap that ends up being really bad. So I hope this has been really helpful. Um, it's super exciting being able to share tips for you know, small businesses and your various financial needs that you have. So I hope that these tips on investing or acquiring a new business have been helpful. And if you have enjoyed this, please share it with someone that you think would benefit from it, as well as go and leave me a five-star review. If you would go do it now, don't wait, because I know what happens. We all get busy. And then what ends up happening is that you forget you have good intentions that you're going to leave me a review and then you don't. And it makes a huge difference. You uh, leaving a review really, really helps other people understand, get the word out. They hear from me that comes in their feed, the algorithms. I guess love it. Anyway, go leave me a review and I cannot wait until next time.